everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. Sorry. <laughs> Stuart's already uh, on the beaches of Greece. Guys, right now. I zoned out because I remembered uh, that Lars von Trier posted on Instagram today a uh, an offer for people to uh, send in a submission to be his girlfriend, uh, and he put his actual email address <laughs> on the video. It's that, crazy. That would be an off-putting thing to suddenly remember in the middle of a podcast taping. I'm Elliot yeah. Kalin, and I'm the other co-host, and I can't wait to tell you later <laughs> in the show about Flop TV, our monthly live video show, but we'll get to that later in the show. Yeah. Just so go to, we, or you could just go to oh. theflophouse.simpletix.com for tickets, but I'll tell you, you about could, it later. Right. Yeah. So what we usually do on this show uh, in our so-called main episodes is to watch a bad movie and then talk about it. And then we do these minis, which are more freeform, do what you like. Usually we trade around who- <laughs> As evidenced by what you've already listened who's to. Who's in this charge. Is, these are more the jazz episodes, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'll be heading up this mini. Uh, and allow me to start with an introduction that provides a modicum of the illusion of a framework and mm -hmm. reason behind yeah. what I'm about to do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Jim Belushi. For much of his career, he's been a punching bag for critics. He was often criticized unfairly for not being his brother, John, and was often criticized more fairly for just not being that funny. I think the it was fair when they criticized him for not being his brother John when he would catfish women and show up having pretended <laughs> yeah, online yeah, yeah, to be yeah. his brother John. That was, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Jim Belushi has been the poster child for schlubby white guy mediocrity. He's had a minor late career reassessment uh, for some things. I think he's a kind of a dependable character actor now. I liked him in Twin Peaks The Return, for example. I thought he was well used. But, uh, I mean, he's great in Thief. <laughs> but back when he was a leading man, his uh, his movies were mostly panned. Yes, Virginia, there was a time when Jim Belushi was a leading man. And in the spirit of our recent 90s flashback, I've picked four movies where Jim Belushi is either top or second build. And we're going to play a little salesmanship game called What's It Gonna Take for Me to Get You Into This Jim Belushi Movie Today? <laughs> Right. I love that it's a title that okay, doesn't beat yeah. around the bush. It just explains the premise. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you the title and premises of the movies. And if that, that's not enough to whet your appetize for so, appetites sorry, for some balouche, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you yeah. a few more facts. And we're going to see whether over time I can convince you to be interested. One disclaimer, I've seen none of these movies. Oh, okay. Some I've heard of and the others I barely remembered existing. <laughs> So, let's start off. Guys. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's 1995. What if we ruin the game? I was 15 and we just, years and we, old. We just, mm -hmm. every single time you say the title and we go, yeah, we're in, let's see it. And this episode <laughs> is five minutes long. I mean, the game is, again, sort of a thin pretense for okay. just general discussion. <laughs> you got it. Okay, the year's uh, 1995, you said? The year's 1995. Okay. You're, you're, you're perusing the video store and you are I often presented. there. <laughs> mm -hmm. I wasn't old enough to drive myself, so maybe my mommy brought me. Yeah. <laughs> the DVD or perhaps VHS still cover says Separate Lives. The movie's called Separate Lives. And the IMDb synopsis describes it thusly. So wait, hold on, hold uh -huh. on. You're bringing <laughs> yeah. IMDb into this situation very anachronistically. Oh, uh, man, did like a... Did uh, like Dean Stockwell show up? Yeah, we're not. Computer? Let's just at least Dan. Let's just pretend that you re we're reading the back of the box. How okay, about that? All right. You constructed oh, sure. a scenario, and then you almost immediately 
remove this. That's true. I, well, here's the thing. I, I used my imagination. <laughs> I constructed the scenario basically just to introduce the title, and then apparently I was locked into being in that time period. I'm just, I, I'm just uh, like, what kind of F or fake <laughs> mind fuck is this where I don't know from yeah. one moment to the next what's uh-huh. true and You're what's not true? You're in the matrix. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, I've been, Dan, you've red pilled me, but you only gave me half the pill, and you're like, the mm-hmm. other half, I'll, I'll hide in some cheese for you later <laughs> to make sure you yeah. eat it. That sounds no, good. Very Stuart Little situation Delicious. over here. Yeah. What, um, if, uh, what if in the Matrix, sorry, what if the Matrix, Keanu yeah. Reeves just hated taking pills, so Morpheus is like, pick which one, and he takes the red pill, and then he kind of, he goes, what's over well, there? And Morpheus looks away, and he yeah. throws it over his shoulder, and the rest yeah. of the movie, Keanu Reeves is just pretending <laughs> he understands what's going on, and that he's seeing the stuff they're describing. <laughs> re-edit time. <laughs> Fan re-edit. Uh, now, look, um, yeah, you can pretend that these synopses come from wherever you like. I just want to make it clear, though, that in reality, they come from IMDb to explain why they are the quality of a user-submitted <laughs> synopsis from IMDb. Unlike from, uh, inter- the professional copy that you would read on the back of a VHS. Exactly. Yeah, instead, this is from an internet movie, Data Belush. <laughs> okay. Separate Lives. A psychiatrist asks one of her psychology students an ex-police detective, to shadow her for a few nights. She fears she is a split personality and may have killed someone. The student has a crush on his cute teacher and says yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, so... Man, that sounds great already. (laughs) already Sounds pretty good, right? Sure. I mean, I have no sense of what the tone of the movie is, whether it's an erotic thriller or a well, wacky comedy. Okay, Ellie, are teacher's you— Teacher's cute, though. That's in the I, We in know the, the teacher's cute, and I love cute teachers. My yeah. wife is a cute teacher, so I'm all about cute teachers. Yeah. I-L-Q-T. <laughs> That's what your wristband says. Yeah. Um, well, that, that was that, that was my that was my that was my name. My rap name was E-L-Q-T, yeah. Elliot's love cute teachers. Um. So, okay, well— Elliot, are you more or less enticed to learn that the cute teacher is played by Lin- Linda Hamilton of the Terminator films? Mm. And the next actors— And Beauty and the Beast. And the mm-hmm. next actors— She was the beauty, <laughs> Dan. Don't make jokes. Mm-hmm. She was the yep. beauty. Yeah, Ron Perlman was the beast. Yeah. <laughs> great, <laughs> great casting. Um, you think anyone ever was like, hey, Ron, to me, you were the beauty. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Guillermo del Toro did. That's how he got him into Hellboy. <laughs> Yeah. You know, he was a sexy beast, just like, uh, what's his face? Ben Grimsby? <laughs> yeah, Ben Grimsby. Ben Grimsby, the, yeah. The now, thing. was he the sexy beast in the title, or was the other guy the sexy beast, the actual star of the movie? Uh, Ray Winstone? Ray Winstone, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know the if they cover in the text of the film. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so wait, hold on. I mean, they're both sexy beasts in their own way. <laughs> in their one sexier and one's beastier. Hey, I'll hey let you guys. decide which is which. Uh, yes, Dan? Oh, go on, Listeners Dan. out there? You're all sexy beasts in your own way. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Really makes uh, you think. A little supportive. Uh, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get into the Josh Gondelman pep talk area. <laughs> oh, cool, yeah, yeah, Josh Gondelman r- r- routinely sexually harasses his listeners with comments <laughs> yeah, yeah. over I the airwaves. I harass them. I just said, you know, I don't— Dan, even a compliment yeah, yeah. and not like, welcome. You're all sexy harassment. beasts. Take your wieners out, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Extrapolate et cetera, from there. <laughs> okay, the hold on. Oh, no, 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 we're getting into a dangerous— I want to hear Stuart, Stuart Wellington's late-night abridged erotic call-in show. <laughs> 
It's, <laughs> hey, everybody. It's blanks. after midnight. Her nipples strained against the, you know, come on, we get it. <laughs> yeah, yada, yada. She reached, Can we she move it along? She reached out to run her, run her fingers over his yada, yada, yada. You know the drill. <laughs> you know, come on. By the next anyway, morning. In the morning. Don't be, don't be a creep. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> the brats had grown apart. Yeah. Um... Okay, the the next actors on okay. top of Linda Hamilton, uh, metaphorically. In addition to yeah, not, not <laughs> in addition to Linda Hamilton, the next actors are Vera Miles from Psycho Psycho in her oh. final role. role. Wow. Mm. Frank D'Angelo was not able to get her. I'm stumbling all over the place, <laughs> and and a presumably very young Elizabeth Moss. Mm, mm. Unless a time machine was involved, lives. it was an ancient Elizabeth <laughs> we've Moss. Already, we've already opened up the possibility of time travel with this IMDb yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. That's true. Elliot, how do you feel about these facts? Is, are you, is your appetite whetted? I mean, to be <laughs> honest, I'm very curious about seeing young Elizabeth Moss perform. I'm very, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm curious and old alongside Vera old Vera Miles. I mean, yeah. I remember Vera Miles well from her from her classic film roles. Yeah. I, okay. You know now, the, now the synopsis wasn't 100% clear. Does Jim Belushi play the cute teacher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's I, I do want to know, which of these characters is the is the ex-cop who's now a, a student? Is it Vera Miles? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or is it the fellow who looks like a, somebody who has a hot dog of the month club membership? <laughs> now, after, now that I've... Well, so how do they deliver the hot dog? Does it come fr- frozen? <laughs> yeah. Or is it fresh? Yeah, well, you get like a hot dog of the month. Fresh you get, hot dog? What have you been eating <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I mean, like, is it cooked when it arrives, or do you have to take care of it yourself? You know, does you it have take sauce care of it yourself? It? You get no, you get a you get a dozen dogs, you get all the fixins. <laughs> okay, sauce. Hot dog, a Bernays. What is? What and weirdly enough, sauce? you get you get fourteen <laughs> buns, which doesn't make any sense. But it's in case like you fuck up one of the buns it's when possibly, you're toasting or if you're eat, it. I will say this: if you're eating hot dogs with children, they will tear the bun apart by accident <laughs> while they're trying to open it up. So, bun makers, yeah. why are you making those buns so hard to open? Everyone. Kids are having trouble. Yeah, why don't you just give them a big That happens to me regularly. One out of two buns. Guys, I'm running for Congress, and this is my platform. We've got to regulate (laughs) Uh bun makers. Those buns are too damn hard. You end up wasting them. That's money the the American taxpayer is losing. (laughs) <laughs> These bu- now I'm gonna do. I have to do public events where I try to open up hot dog buns and I just rip them to shreds. And I'm like, Wait, this is this gotta like, end. And then this the buns of America. steel ladies like, he's attacking me. He's saying the buns are too dark. Hard. And he's like, no, it's different buns I was talking about. Not to not to parrot Dan's favorite politician, New York Mayor Eric Adams, but I think it's the fault <laughs> of the parents in this case. <laughs> they should be teaching kids how to use knives to open up those uh, buns. Okay. Well, back to the game. And uh, ha- then, then the, the issue would be I would get caught on a hot mic referring to the slit-top kind of Midwestern-style buns as abominations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, yeah. Would, and that would really – that would end my campaign. Would, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can so, all agree that's the case though, right? The slit should be on the side of the bun. Uh, if it's I, on the top of the bun, that's a lobster roll. Seems dude. like it's kind of easier to use, though, right? Like if it's on no, the top. No, because because it's never cut enough. You got to cram oh, okay. that that dog in there. Speaking of cramming things inside of other things, uh, Stuart, this is more of your erotic radio show. I assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now, having set your your interest aflame, I'm going to dampen it. Perhaps, maybe okay. you'll like this new, next thing. I, do, okay. I will say the the less you talk about Jim Belushi, the more interested I am in this Jim Belushi movie. <laughs> yeah. So, but tell me what happens. Yeah. Does it make you more or less interested to learn that this is one of only two directorial credits for David Madden, who is the head of programming for AMC Networks, and that this film was written by Stephen Pressfield, who wrote Free Jack. 
Okay. <laughs> Stuart, how do you feel? Because I got to say, this mm, I like in, I'm, more I'm more enticed having her okay. there. Yeah. Free Jack, I'm all about it. Is Bust I wonder if Buster Poindexter shows up. You have to assume so. You have to assume so. Well, here's a fact. The most that- notable person in Free Jack. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Another one. He's not like- even the most famous musician in Free Jack. <laughs> Another one. Uh, how about learning that this movie, guys, is rated R for scenes of violence and sexuality and for strong language? <laughs> oh. Does that do anything for you? <laughs> I know you like strong language. Yeah, well, that means that they they let uh le- they let the balouche loose, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not on his balouche in this balouche one. out of the box. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so Dan, now now just I want to you know the if if we're talking about 1995 when I would be unless, until December of that year I was 13 years old I would be asking the question where all of us would be asking. Is it R-rated for nudity or for sexual situations? It's hard to say. Scenes because of violence and sexuality, I feel like that means no nudity. As as it's been clear, as we made clear in previous episodes, if you are ever an adolescent looking mm-hmm. through the TV guide to find movies with nudity in them, you're not going to want to go to the movie where the listing says nudity because that will be fleeting. You want to mm-hmm. go to the movie that, where it says sexual situations because that means much more nudity. Or so, strong sexual content. That's that's, oh, that's yeah. the the mm-hmm. caviar of freighting if you're a horny <laughs> so, so if you're a, kid. So if you are a 13-year-old in 1995, that's what you want to look at in the TV guide uh, to find out if this – and again, and as always, if you see Shannon Tweed in the list, just mm-hmm. yes. you, you're going to have to stay up to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. just, just jam your finger on the record button. <laughs> okay, well, here's the final okay. – yeah, this, this, what's the final? So now I'm on the fence. This episode's pretty horny so far, so I'm I was interested in watching it. Now I'm on the fence, to be honest. Uh, okay, well, last fact. How about hearing that the top review on IMDb raves that it's, quote, slightly above average? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, baby. And that top review is what? Six? Six <laughs> out of ten? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just the one that was the not attributed push to, to me. Uh, yeah. Was that okay. all they said? There was no other yeah, information? Yeah, that's it. Well, no, I mean, that's the title. I, all of these, oh, I, I see. pulled the title of the review. Uh, it sounds good to me. Um, I mean, I've, I'm like, I'm, I guess I'd be hoping for like a serious erotic, like 90s erotic thriller. And mm-hmm. I have a feeling based on the descriptors that I'm not quite going to get what I want. Uh, but I do want to see uh, Linda Hamilton and Jim Belushi uh, see if they have that spark, you know? Okay, so that's a yay on separate lies. Yeah. Uh, well, for uh, for, from Stu, because I'm going to say, when you mentioned the cast, I was like, okay, but the more you told me after that, the less interested I was. You really sold past the clothes on this one, and I'm going to have okay. to walk. Sorry. That's a you know? knave. Yeah. Okay. Mm, sharks. <laughs> I'm going to have to quote Seabiscuit, America's favorite horse, and say nay. Mm-hmm. So our next film of, uh, again— this is this will be this is the second out of four. If you want to pace yourselves internally, <laughs> so you're saying we should spend less time. No, dicking no, around I, on this one. I am enjoying dicking around. I'm just giving you the chance to choose the amount of dicking around you're comfortable with. Okay. I love it. Uh, the next film is Once Upon a Crime from 1992. It's, it's, got, a good a, pun. it's got a pun That's title. Good... Yep. The confusingly worded. Uh, Little Red just- Riding Hoodlum <laughs> has to get to the mob boss grandma's house. But but cop, the wolf, Jim Belushi, is hot mm-hmm. on her trail. Okay, Dan, just take this episode and drag it over to the garbage <laughs> and hit empty recycling. The, con- the confusingly worded IMDb uh, synopsis goes like this. 
Phoebe and a fellow American in Rome find a dog with a $5,000 reward. They take a train to the owner in Monte Carlo. She turns up murdered. They run and become suspects just as three other Americans on the train. It's oh, actually wait. less confusing when I read it out loud. But, but the other Americans on the train become suspects? or Yeah, I think that's like, I think there's an implied, they run and become suspects just as three other Americans on the train do as well. That's oh, I think okay. is the okay. clause that is missing I, th- I there. was worried the person writing the review was murdered. Had died in the part way through it. it. Yeah, just yeah. as three other Americans d- do what? What do they do? Uh, so, okay, that's I'm not. I'm not sold yet. You're not sold I need, yet. I'm going to no. need more. Yeah. Uh, are you I can't, It's even hard for me to figure out who Belushi is in this. The dog? Yeah, yeah. It could be. Well, forget the murders on screen. Are you enticed to hear the murderer's row of talent in front of the camera? <laughs> Aside from Jim, we also have John Candy, Sybil Shepard, Sean Young, Richard Lewis, Juan Carlo Giannini, and George Hamilton. Ooh, that is enticing. George, George Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you had it. You may have had me at George Hamilton and Sean Young. That's an interesting conglomeration of people <laughs> who would only be in a movie together at that particular moment in time. <laughs> yep, yep. But you could say that about a lot of things. Yes, there's only one moment in time. Grand Conjunction. <laughs> there's only one yeah. moment in time when Marissa Tomei and Kirk Douglas could be in a movie together, and that's sure, when sure. Oscar was made. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how do you feel learning that this is the only theatrical film directed by comedy legend Eugene Levy? Oh, oh wow. now I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting. You're making it more and more interesting. Yeah. What's uh? What was what was the bo for this one? What was the box office? <laughs> I think the bo failed to be boffo for this. Oh, that's too bad. Hmm. But um, I mean, particularly considering that this is the only thing directed by Eugene Levy, that may not have been his decision. Who Directors knows? Directors do tend to once they've had a success, go on to direct other films, unless occasionally yes. they find it very unpleasant. The experience, or sometimes they die young, like Jean Vigo, you know, who who made uh, you know Zero for Conduct and, and La Lente, and then died mm-hmm. young. Uh, but uh, Eugene Levy, as we know, has not died young. He thankfully yeah. no, is still with us, yeah. still making us laugh. Uh, second Renaissance, a, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's still still uh, continuing atop the Levy dynasty, uh, mm-hmm. which is two generations of funny people. Okay, well, are you more or less intrigued to hear that the three credited screenwriters? are all Italian and seem to have otherwise almost entirely done Italian language films. A lot of that's great good. movies that's came out of Italy. That's uh, you said that like it was a like it was a bad thing, but there's no, a, just a, that Italy is a classic cinema. Three people who didn't know the language that well are writing a comedy might bode ill. It for worked it, for a troll too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what about the fact that it's a remake of the 1960 Italian film and suddenly it's murder? Also known by its original title, Crimin, or perhaps like, perhaps Crimin. I don't know. Crimin. <laughs> Criminy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, does that does that help or hurt, or know, is again, it neutral? I guess it's neutral. Again, I'm worried that you're you're selling past the clothes, so I'm just trying to again. So I'm just going to focus on that focus on that cast. Who was it again? You had George Hamilton, Sean Young, John Candy, mm-hmm. of course, mm-hmm. the Belouche. Uh, who else is in Sybil there? Shepherd. Oh, yeah, Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. Juan Carlo Giannini. Mm-hmm. Richard Lewis, to me, is the only dud here. I've never particularly understood his thing. But, uh, uh, Richard Lewis? Yeah. 
Well, like he had kind of like a like a hockey player mullet type thing. Maybe not <laughs> oh, really a hockey yeah, yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty big. Oh no, it was Boku. Mm. He loved Boku. Yeah, that did ads mm-hmm. for that. Not yeah, that Zima. guy was Zima a hat. Was loved Zima. Zima. The Zima guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What, well, whatever happened to the Zima guy? If you're listening, Zima guy, write in. Try mm-hmm. not to use the letter Z in your letter. Turned- a challenge for you. Now, now he's known as Mr. Six, the Six Flags pitch man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he! I didn't realize wow. he got old and became the yeah, dancing Six Flags. He says there are no second acts in American lives. I what? remember seeing so- an ex- seeing an article that was an expose about the Six Flags old man was really a woman in old man makeup, and it was like, yeah, did you really think it was an old man who was busting <laughs> those moves out? He would break every bone in his body. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the final enticement, perhaps uh, again, the top IMDb review raves. Quote, I liked it. <laughs> In that tone? Okay, okay. I may be editorializing. Because so, the they could have said, I liked it's possible. it. possible. I like, I, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm actually, I think I'm going to pass on this one. Mm-hmm. A bad comedy, there's mm-hmm. nothing worse. I think we've covered on the podcast that there's just, yeah, it just doesn't, I don't, I'm not looking forward to this one. You know what? Call me a, a fool for punishment. I think I'm going to say yes to this one because oh, wow, okay. I know it's going to be bad and I'm daring this movie to make me laugh. And if I get one laugh out of this movie, I'll consider it a success. So you know what? Let's see what we can do. Okay, Dan, cue it up. Let's watch it. <laughs> okay. Well, while we do Once that, uh, I'll just run this. Uh, what I'll say is a pre-taped ad segment for what uh, <laughs> the ads we have for this episode. Uh, first off, we've got a Jumbotron. Who's this message for? Why it's for John and Jamie. And it's from Patrick, Connor, Mike, Claire, Lizzie, and Matt. Congratulations, John and Jamie, on tying the knot. John, thank you for always being an ambitious, creative, and inspiring older brother. Jamie, welcome to the family. Your love for bad movies, espresso martinis, and board games make you a perfect fit for John. We wish you both a lifetime of happiness, bad movie marathons, and cuddles with Noodle. So again, that was for John and Jamie from Patrick, Connor, Mike, Claire, Lizzie, and Matt. If you would like also to have a Jumbotron read on this show, you can do that by going to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. That was a really sweet message. Uh, Elliot, I think the only other business we actually have is to talk about Flop TV for a second. That's right. That was a really lovely Jumbotron, but now it's time to get down to biznass. Bossnass, mm-hmm. that is. Uh, hey! So, uh, listeners, you've heard me talk about this before. We're doing a show series called Flop TV. That's our monthly live video show. It's like a TV show version of this podcast. It's like watching a one-hour televised Flophouse episode. Uh, hopefully you watched our Beastmaster 2 first episode, uh, that recording if I'm getting my math right, may still be available just the day this episode comes out, but it may have been gone from the internet. If it isn't gone, it'll be gone by tomorrow. Don't worry. We've got another episode coming up. It's going to be super fun. Our next show on September 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, Cool World. That's right. Mm, We're talking Cool World. A good movie. Hollywood, (laughs) if you could. How recently have you seen it? (laughs) For this episode, Stuart's going to be doing a special PowerPoint presentation. I don't know what it's going to be about, but Stuart's PowerPoints, if you've never seen them in live shows, are amazing. Uh, Stuart is a a great PowerPointer. He always manages to surprise and delight me. Dan will be doing the summary of this erotic Roger (laughs) Rabbit, so you know things are going to get weird. (laughs) Yeah. Please – 
keep me from going down weird pathways. Turn, turn the lights low, <laughs> don't, lights and don't candles. Don't throw fire on the gasoline. If ever there or, was a wait, one to watch. Throw fire on the gasoline. Don't throw fire on the gasoline. Don't do that. No, don't put out fires with gasoline. <laughs> David Bowie tried it and it didn't work out well. Uh, if ever there was an episode to list to watch with a piece of tape over the camera on your monitor so no one can see what you're doing, this is the one. Adults only. Now, that's September 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. We're going to be broadcasting live over Zoom. Uh, if you can't make it on that date, do not despair. Your ticket gets you access to a recording of the show for the following two weeks. So until September 23rd, you can watch it at your leisure. Uh, single tickets and also season passes to the whole run of shows are available at theflophouse.simpletix.com. Again, that's September 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're doing Cool World as episode two of our six-episode season of Flop TV. Again, the first episode was super fun. People really liked it. I highly recommend you join us for this one. Uh, we're going to be taking a couple questions from the audience via the chat feature. You can chat alongside the show uh, with other watchers. It's super fun. Go to theflophouse.simpletix.com for tickets and more information about our future slate of shows. Flop TV. Flop it, won't you? Is that a good mm, slogan? Yeah, yeah sure, uh, why not? Maybe we'll try a different one next time. Okay. <laughs> I'm Yucky Jessica. I'm Chuck Crudsworth. And this is Terrible. A podcast where we talk about things we hate that are awful. Today we're discussing Wonderful, a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Hosts Rachel and Griffin McElroy, a real-life married couple. Yuck. Discuss a wide range of topics. Music, video games, poetry, snacks. But I hate all that stuff. I know you do, Yucky Jessica. It comes out every Wednesday, the worst day of the week, wherever you download your podcasts. For our next topic, we're talking Fiona, the baby hippo from the Cincinnati Zoo. I hate this little hippo. Hey, when you listen to podcasts, it really just comes down to whether or not you like the sound of everyone's voices. My voice is one of the sounds you'll hear on the podcast Dr. Game Show. And this is the voice of co-host and fearless leader Joe Firestone. This is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners and we play them with callers over Zoom we've never spoken to in our lives. So that is basically the concept of the show. Pretty chill. So take it or leave it, bucko. And here's what some of the listeners have to say. It's funny, wholesome, and it never fails to make me smile. I just started listening and I'm already binging it. I haven't laughed this hard in ages. I wish I discovered it sooner. You can find Dr. Game Show on MaximumFun.org. Let's move on to the second half of the show. Oh, I can't wait to find out what more Belushi classics Dan has mm -hmm. uncovered. Well, this is the... The the one movie with a poster I at least remember because it features <laughs> it features a giant Jim Belushi surfing on top of a much smaller limousine being driven by a half sized Charles Grodin. And this movie is <laughs> TCB baby. This is taking care of business from 1990. <laughs> the synopsis says an uptight advertising exec. Has his entire I'm life. I'm guessing that's the Jim Belushi character. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, Ellie, you would be wrong. What? <laughs> no, an uptight the advertising. Heartbreak Kids starring Jim Belushi. <laughs> Clifford starring Martin Short and Jim Belushi. Oh, God. An uptight advertising exec has his entire life in a Filofax organizer that mistakenly ends up in the hands of a friendly convict who poses as him. Mm. That's Classics. the Charles Grodin part. 
screwball sort of uh, setup, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A real case yep. of mistaken identity. As a person who has definitely seen this movie oh, a couple yeah? times. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then maybe this next thing will uh, will have to be directed. Honestly, I don't remember any of it. Okay. I have not seen this movie. Well, does it help to learn that the movie features genre favorites, Ken Foray, known for Dawn of the Dead and From Beyond, mm-hmm. Gates McFadden, Beverly Crusher from Star Trek The Next Generation, and of course... Hector Elizondo, his genre being Gary Marshall movies. Oh, and I one of the co-stars three. of my favorite movie of all time, The Taking of Helen 1, 2, 3, features Hector oh, Elizondo. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Pretty Woman. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, because he's in that. He is in it. Yeah, he's in it. He's cool. He's a cool character. He is a cool character. <laughs> <laughs> he's always a cool character, yeah. <laughs> Except in Taking of Helen 3, in which he's a very hot-headed character. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, the worst yeah, of Fire them. and Ice. That's Hector Elizondo. Yep, star of Fire and Ice, the Ralph Bakshi <laughs> fantasy film, Hector yeah. Elizondo. And Hector uh, Elizondo. I think he played backup guitar in Yngwie Malmsteen. rotoscoped thong. <laughs> so they just rotoscoped the thong. They didn't rotoscope him. Yeah, yeah, him. exactly. They didn't want to make it too sexy. Yeah. Um, well, are you more intrigued about this picture, learning that the screenplay is credited to two people? Mm-hmm. Jill right. Mazursky, daughter of famous director Paul Mazursky, and also J.J. Abrams. This is his first writing credit. Wow. Taking care of business. This is where it all started. A J.J. Abrams joint. I mean, as much as I am inspired by that, that that J.J. Abrams can go from co-writing this <laughs> to doing the kinds of things that he does now, which is Star Wars movies, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the the cast and the writers are not are not enticing me to see more about this movie. Uh, and the the premise doesn't get you hooked. Doesn't have you slobbering. No, not particularly. <laughs> Do sound like a classic wacky odd couple mismatch. Well, how about this? How about the does Russian? he surf on the car in the movie? Is that an actual? thing? That's that actually happens? a really good question. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> I think he does though. Yeah. Because you as as the I've only ever seen one other roof surfing movie, and of course it's uh-huh. Teen Wolf, which yeah. which is I used to think which I used to enjoy as a kid, then I hated as a young adult, and now I'm back around to being like this movie. You know what? I'll it won allow me it. over, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, okay. What about the Russian roulette of that is the career of the director of this uh, this picture, Arthur Hiller, Arthur Hiller, sorry who is responsible for, at the top of his career, The In-Laws and Silver Streak. Mm-hmm, which are great. At the low end. There's that one car- scene in Silver Streak, which, you know, is not so great anymore, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at the low end, Carpool and an Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood, Burn. Oh, right. I remember when he, yeah. You he never know what you're going to get with Arthur Hiller, journeyman director. <laughs> Well, there. I mean, I wouldn't. There's, a, there's, there's any number of directors who have had highs and lows. It's not always. No, their I know. Fault, you know, uh, I'm after just saying. This episode, very we'll few rec- directors have perfect records. Stuart Gordon yes. does uh, the 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 Coen Brothers almost. I'm just quite. saying. Does the risk entice you? <laughs> uh, I'm just Do you want to live on the edge? Stu- I'm just realizing now that Stuart said that Stuart Gordon has a perfect career, which I would <laughs> take some issue <laughs> with. Uh, wow. The, I, and shortly after the, his uh, his birthday, Elliot, come on. Why are you being <laughs> such an asshole to Stuart Gordon? You're right. I apologize that I'm, I'm being mad. I remember I'm being, being that I'm, fond I'm being of, say, t- King of the Ants. It's, oh, yeah. well, it's a good movie. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, argument <laughs> over. <laughs> the, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'm gonna pass on this one, Dan. I think I'm gonna pass. Wait, wait, hold on, hold as on. As much hold of an on. Arthur Hiller completist hold as on. I am. Well, what, uh, you, you can't pass fully yet. What would it, would it change your opinion to hear that under the parents' guide, violent section, the entry says just some slapstick fighting, but under profanity, it says four F words, at least 25 to 35 S words minimum, about 12 to minimum. 20 ass they lost words count. minimum. They just stopped counting after a certain point. Yeah. About 12 to 20 ass words minimum, including ass asshole and asswipe. <laughs> sounds like a fun night in the a, Stewart house. A few sons of bitches. <laughs> this, this does sound, that does sound like more of Stewart's uh, vague erotic show, where it's just like, then there was some ass words. Some ass words were said. A few sons of bitches. And about six uses of tits. <laughs> about Ooh. six uses. About six uses. Not they lost me a little bit by the end. That 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 I was intrigued by all those asshole. No, no, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch this thing again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, hold on. Does this top IMDB user review do anything for you? Quote, can you say underrated? <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah. So yay or nay on Taking care of business. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a big nay from me. I think I'm not gonna mm. get involved in I'm not gonna take this business will be taken care of by somebody else. <laughs> and I'll be taking care of this the business of watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Just because Stuart wants to see if he can remember anything from yes. before. Oh basically it's an experiment to see how badly I've deadened my brain with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but and it happens time. I, I've, I'm, I'm not a drug user. I don't drink much. Uh, and I know that I watched the movie The Toy over and over again as a kid. And I remember, uh-huh. I think, two scenes from the movie. Yeah. So it just um, happens. Did I, <laughs> did I watch Kalen The Toy by choice? endorses no. everything about The Toy. No, I do not. <laughs> the headline. And the only reason I watched it was because it was on, for some reason, HBO played it repeatedly at a yeah, certain point. Yeah, no, it's true. And I would stumble upon it sometimes and be like, I think this is supposed to be funny. Richard Pryor's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't it funny? <laughs> it's Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Final Belouche movie. This is from 1992. And all, all Belouches must come to an end eventually. <laughs> 1992, an erotic thriller. The genre we all associate most with is Jim this, Belushi. Yeah, if this is K9, I will be freaking out. <laughs> now, the title, uh, a title I recognize, know nothing else about it, Traces of Red. Traces of Red. <laughs> Synopsis. That's says, a solid erotic thriller title right there. Yeah, Traces that of is, Red, that yes. That is, yeah. It feels very, it feels classy and foreign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a lot of red, just traces. Yeah. Just traces of red. I'm t- I'm edging you with this red. <laughs> out, 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 damn spot. Okay, the synopsis <laughs> goes like this. Jack sleeps with a waitress who's later murdered. Did Jack's usual lover do it? Palm Beach detectives, Jack and Steve, investigate. Wait, so is Jack... Twist the same Jack as the detective. I think that that's. It's I think not that that's clear true. In the description. It's not clear from the description. I think the is one of these where like yeah he slept with the victim and then he has to not clear reveal his name. That it's wall. a classic Hitchcock wrong wrong man thriller, right? I don't know. I don't know, Elliot. I know oh, what. But you made IMDb. this movie, <laughs> and then you're like, would it would it help you to watch it if you knew that I wrote it? Damn you know. Yeah, well, you know who wrote it. That's the first enticement here. Wait, what year it, was this from again? What year is this from? 92. 92, okay. 
How does it strike you to learn that this is the director, Andy Wolk's only theatrical film, but he's done a lot of television, including two episodes of Arliss. <laughs> oh! Two episodes of Arliss. We got a professional Arliss. behind the camera. Mm-hmm. They liked him enough to ask him back <laughs> over at Arliss. For that second episode of Arliss. Not as, not as successful as the first episode, apparently, because then they stopped too. <laughs> I, I don't know. You might be a perfectly good director. I don't know why. I'm just saying it that way. No, you're you're all you're you're very you're very down yeah, on we're, him. Yeah, we're shit talking yeah. now. Considering I guess. I'm looking him up now, he did also direct a movie later called Pizza My Heart. So, <laughs> oh, take another little. Um. Okay. Well, how about this? What about the fact that the writer Jim Piddick has a story by credit for Tooth Fairy? the movie where The Rock is the Tooth Fairy, but is better known as an actor, you may remember him as the straight man partner to Fred Willard's goofy dog show announcer in Best in Show. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. That actor wrote Traces of Red starring James Belushi. Okay. James L. Belushi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Director of Terms of Embeerment, James L. Belushi. Perfect joke. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. I mean, I found that intriguing. What about this intriguing fact? Yeah. Give us more. Intrigue us more. Perhaps the most jaw-dropping one of the episode. This movie also features an actor whose credited name is Edgar Allan Poe IV, who, according to the ever-unreliable IMDb trivia, Mm -hmm. is a direct descendant of the famous American author and poet and whose other credits include the film Bikini Beach Race starring Dana Plato. Oh man! I Edgar Allan Poe the Fourth. I'm no, gonna call. I'm gonna, I don't. I'm gonna look this up. I don't believe Edgar Allan Poe had children, so I don't know I, if it's possible to be a direct descendant of Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know. One uh, thing I like. Yeah. One thing I like about this game, guys, is that Dan gets to alter, like, vacillate between being basically Gil from Simpsons or Jareth from Labyrinth. <laughs> He's alternate, like, begging us and enticing us. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, it has a man in it who purports to be a descendant of Edgar Allan Poe. Which which is impossible. To I, have to, I have to believe it. To get I roles. He has, no, he has had no children. But we can confirm he was in Bikini Beach Race. Yeah. I mean, I, if I can't trust him about the Edgar Allan Poe thing, I don't know if I can trust him about Bikini. Maybe it was the original Edgar Allan Poe who was in Bikini Beach Race. All right. Well, other unreliable trivia to possibly entice you. How about this from IMDb? Quote, the ties worn by James Belushi in this film all came from his own personal wardrobe. <laughs> well, now I need to watch it. Okay, now now you've won me over. Now I need to see it. <sighs> oh, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> all right. Um, wait, okay. Well, this is just one, uh, two more pieces of enticement or possible <laughs> okay. right. I mean, you had me I don't with know. James I, Belushi's personal ties. <laughs> you can't whip my appetite anymore. I'm already slobbering all over everything. How do you feel about the fact that the parents' guide states that while this is an erotic thriller, the nudity is described as mild, with the true two entries being as followed: one, 
A woman's corpse is seen lying on a bed topless, her bare breasts clearly visible, and two— Don't like that. I don't like—even even knowing that that living people are playing the, the corpses, I don't yeah. like it when the nudity in this movie is a, is a dead body. Two, a man climbs so, and on I, a— I, Sorry, everybody. Sorry if that's closed-minded of me, that I'm not, I'm not attracted to the dead. I guess I won't uh, gift well, you this Return of the Living Dead Part 3 <laughs> DVD. Well, yeah. Although, am I attracted—well, uh, here's the thing. I'm not attracted to the dead, but like— That's not— Does it matter if they're reanimated? Does Elvira count as dead, or is she is she not a, a real vampire? I don't. It's I, a good question. I think she might be like a ghoul of some kind. I mean, Let's, Elsa Lanchester uh, as Bride of Frankenstein. Anyway, Dan, is continue. this a road we want to go any further down? <laughs> Probably I, not. Probably not. A question not. I want to ask. Uh, I that was that was that was the one I was trying to get by fast in order to get to the real <laughs> oh, meat sorry, of this. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A man climbs on a woman who is lying on a bed, and they kiss. She sucks on an orange slice while he unbuttons her top, and he kisses her and fondles her over her bra. No nudity is visible during the scene. <laughs> so it has not only no nudity, that what the prurient uh, me as an adolescent, I assume, is trying to see, but also an orange slice. It has an food, orange slice, A though. food I find disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Call me by your name, right? Yeah. It's yeah. what's kept me from watching Call Me By Your Name, is knowing yeah, that there are like, scenes with fruit in it. There's fruit, yeah. Yeah. Well, lastly— how do you feel hearing this rave from IMDb's top review? Okay. The first five minutes and the last ten minutes are good. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's your my final verdict Titanic? on Traces of Red? <laughs> A gay or a nay? Uh, Stuart? Uh, traces of Red. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Pop it in. <laughs> I mean, I want to see what James Belushi's ties look like. So can I just watch those parts, the parts where he's wearing ties? Yeah, there's probably Maybe a tie that's super in the beginning cut. and end. That's why the, uh, that's the review. Yeah, he's now, tieless in the, now, in the middle of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Subject is tieless. I repeat, tieless. Uh, guys, so the, the real point of this game is so we can determine which movie we're going to watch next uh, for the podcast, right? Is that yeah. true? I mean, we already have no. 90s movies right now. No, but that would... That would have been a more clever thing. It would have made done. way more sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, but stay that's tuned the point next of, week for Traces of Red. <laughs> that's the point of a flop house mini to not make any sense with our choices. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Mission accomplished. Uh, and thank you. <laughs> thank you for indulging me on a uh, premise that I grew more and more enthusiastic about as I did it (laughs) 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 to the point where I was like, oh, I can't wait to spring this one on the guys. Um, Dan texted us and was like, wait till you see what I got cooked up (laughs) for you this time. Yeah, yeah. I could tell from his typing that his fingers were shaking with anticipation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hey, if you like this kind of thing, why don't go over to MaximumFun.org. That's our podcast network, Maximum Fun. There's a lot of other shows on the network you might enjoy. And, you know, if you like this kind of thing, that's the way we get support from you, the listener community. So that's another thing that you might want to consider. If you can't support us financially, that is absolutely fine. You know what, though? You could help your old buddies we're not really your buddies. I don't want to encourage this parasocial thing. Like, I, I'm sure you're very nice. But uh, if you want to help the people that you enjoy listening to spread the word about their show, why don't you leave a mess- message? Leave a message. Leave a message <laughs> on the public emergency bottle, hotline yeah. of your choice. Uh, leave a review somewhere. Probably iTunes. Uh, you know, tell a friend. iTunes Just is, get the, the, word is out. the top. Is the top 
uh, preferred yeah. way we would like you to leave a review. Spray painted on a on a wall somewhere is probably at the bottom. You know, or scratched yeah. into a school desk. Maybe that's at the bottom. Unless don't, don't you that. include like a QR code that takes them to our our page. Or that would be amazing. If you know how to spray paint <laughs> a QR code. A QR code. Well, uh, good skills. And you're talented. I mean, probably with a congratulations. Maybe if you had like uh, some sort of one of those stencils. I don't know. That's what they so. call them. Yeah, stencils. Yeah, yeah. What am I, anyway. Banksy? Carrying <laughs> stencils around with me? No thanks. <laughs> wow, Elliot's previously unheard of hatred of stencils. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we were signing off, but I was saying- uh, Dan Banksy, he's like, mm, why is he defacing public property? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to lo- be honest, if, if Banksy did spray paint my house, I would be like, Banksy, why are you doing this? Leave my house, please. <laughs> if you like this stuff for some reason, help us spread the word about the show. Uh, thank you to Alex Smith. He's our producer. You can find him all over the web under the name Howell Dottie. If you put it into Google, it'll probably tell you how to spell it. Um, but for now— It's an interesting experiment, at the very least, to see yeah. if that's what happens. For now, I've been Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin. Can't wait to see you at Flop TV and in our next Flophouse podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Bye! <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.